Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. Today I'm going to tell you a really crazy story about a man who mistakenly killed the wrong person and then vanished with his wife. What? Yeah, it's bananas. It's already too crazy. We normally cover cases from the year 2000 forward, but this story was just too bizarre to not tell you guys. Sometimes it's harder to find information about older cases because, you know, it's like pre we all have the internet. But fortunately, this one was featured on Unsolved Mysteries and America's Most Wanted, so it was a little bit easier to track down some information. When I started my research about this case, I saw it described as a story of impulsive violence with a suicide pact. And I was... What? (laughs) I couldn't even imagine sitting down and writing a a summary. Yeah. You know, just a little impulsive violence with a side of suicide. Sprinkle a little suicide. Yeah. I was instantly like, okay, what? (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the disappearance of a couple named Adam and Elena Emery. They were last seen on November 10th, 1993. But we're going to focus more on Adam, as you can tell from the title, because in August of 1994, Elena was determined to be deceased after some of her remains were discovered in a river. Adam has never been found, and it's been speculated that he staged his own suicide. He was legally declared dead in 2004, but investigators think he might still be alive somewhere. He's currently on the FBI's most wanted list, and that doesn't sound like they think he's dead, does it? No, not at all. But he's legally dead, but he still has an active warrant for his arrest. So here's what we know. This story takes place in Warwick, Rhode Island. And I think this is our first Rhode Island case, so we are just crossing states off our list here. So in August of 1990, Adam and Elena were involved in a minor car accident. Adam mistakenly chased down the wrong car and murdered the driver of that vehicle, a man named Jason Bass. What? Right, like road rage to the extreme. So, okay, and then not only is it weird to murder someone, but murder the wrong guy. Yeah. Okay. In 1993, he went on trial for that murder, but vanished before he could be sentenced. Nearly a year later, Elena's remains were found. I saw some conflicting reports about it being like her skull pulled from the river or her leg bone, but I'm pretty certain it was her skull. Her findagrave.com profile says skull found in a fisherman net. And I think the reason some of the reports said leg bones was because some leg bones were found or washed up on the shore. But people thought they were atoms, but they weren't. And I'll, I'll tell you about that later. But Elena's skull was found nine months later by a fisherman. To date, Adam's whereabouts are unknown. So let's start at the beginning the night that Adam Emery killed Jason Bass. It was just before nine o'clock on the night of August 30th, 1990. Adam, Elena, and another couple had just picked up some food from like a little seafood stand, like a, I think you like eat outside kind of to go place. Very good for Corona because you're outside. Patio dining before we had to. 
While they're there eating, this car sideswipes the Emery's 1985 Thunderbird. And Adam flips out because the car hits them and then sped away. So Elena points out a car in the distance that she thinks is the one that just hit them. So they get in the car and they set out after chasing that vehicle. What? Inside that vehicle was 20-year-old Jason Bass. So... Adam and his posse catch up with that car, and he's yelling at Jason about the damage to his car. And Jason's, like, really confused. He Why has... if somebody sideswiped you, there'd be damage to their car, too. Can't yes. you check that? Right? Obviously, you're, you're in a fit of rage. Yeah. I don't know if you check, but... I mean, I've been in a couple hit and runs, and no part of me was like, maybe let's murder that guy. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. We just live in Dallas, where that is a thing. So, he's yelling at Jason, and Jason has no idea why he's mad, and they finally catch up to them. Like, the Emery's car gets in front of Jason's car and it forces him to stop. Elena hands her husband, Adam, a knife oh, to man, confront these, Jason. These are rough riders. I don't know yeah. about this life. At this point, she still thinks that that vehicle is the vehicle that hit their car. So, Adam approaches the car, knife in hand, and he, like, jumps on the hood of Jason's car. Jason's like... What? Um, he has he has at least one passenger, but some reports say two. But the passenger we do know he has is his cousin Josh, who said he had never seen anybody as mad as Adam Emery was the night that he killed Jason. Josh recalls Adam screaming, I'm going to kill you, while approaching them. So Adam is clinging to the hood of Jason's car and slashing at Jason with a knife through the driver window. Holy moly. According to Adam, he's only leaning in the driver's window to turn the car off. That's still aggressive. Yeah, and like you have no business being in his car like that. Yeah, no, no, don't touch my stuff. Who? That's too much. To crawl so, on somebody's hood and then like and reach in and like to turn the car yeah, off whilst holding a knife. Gross. Is the car moving? I think he was worried it was about to move because it was. Jason was going to reverse and like zigzag his way out of there because there's a madman with a knife on his roof. So he tries to reverse to get away, but it's too late. Well, he does reverse and he actually, it's just too late, but he, he manages to move the car. And as he's frantically trying to escape, he ends up dragging Adam 1,300 feet as Adam's hanging on to Jason's car. Well, you get what you deserve. Adam said that he feared for his life and he felt like he had to do something to make Jason stop. So he's like reached in Jason's window. Jason's like, oh snap. He puts the car to reverse. He's backing up. Adam's hanging on the car for 1300 feet. Adam in a panic stabs Jason, hitting him once in the heart and he died at the scene over a freaking hit and run. So, I mean, it is maddening when a person hits your car Damages it and then. But not like end your life, maddening. Yeah, no. You've caught up to him now. You can get his insurance or something. Yeah. Somebody rear-ended me like two weeks ago, and my car is old and it's not worth a lot of money. And I was like, please don't be totaled. My car is totaled and I have to get a car note because I don't have one right now and it's a beautiful place to live in car note free land. If I have to buy a new car, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm not gonna stab this lady. Like, no. She hit me and I hugged her even during Corona because she was crying. Like. Adam, total opposite. Like, you hit me. My car is drivable, clearly, but I'm going to stab you in the heart. So, he should have never approached that car that night or took a knife or climbed on the hood. He said that he only 
chased after them to try to get the plate number to give it to the cops. And, like, sure, get the plate, but, like, getting out of your vehicle and no. initiating a fight we, we wasn't worth not. it. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. It was later determined that it was not Jason Bass who hit the Emery's car that night. Dang, you got a real, real ding-dong. Paint chip analysis later was able to confirm that another car was responsible for the damage to Adam and Elena's vehicle. I also read that, like, immediately after the stabbing, the other people, because it was Adam, Elena, and a couple, realized that it wasn't Jason's vehicle because there was not damage consistent with sideswiping their car. But they stabbed first and then assessed later. later. So a 20-year-old man, Jason Bass, lost his life over a car accident that he wasn't even involved in. Yeah. So Adam ends up going to trial for Jason's murder three years later. It's November of 1993. His trial lasted five days, and his demeanor in court has been described as being cold, stoic, or emotionless. Throughout the five-day process, he never expressed any sadness or remorse for what he did, but instead maintained that he was just trying to defend himself. Like I told you earlier, he would later testify that he only pursued that car to try to get the plate number for a police report. He took the knife just in case, but never intended to actually have to use it. I'm just not going to put myself in a situation, in a totally avoidable situation, where I feel like I, I should take a knife like just in case. Yeah, I don't understand that logic at all. And I think it's very convenient to be like, oh, I stabbed him in self-defense. Meanwhile, he was the aggressor. Yes, right. And what about the cousin being like, he approached the vehicle and was like, I'm going to kill you. That doesn't right. sound like you just panic. Because right. I don't know what, I, if I'm being dragged 1,300 feet, I don't know how I'm going to respond, especially if I have a knife handy. But but there are other adults nearby that are able to, one, determine that it was not the car in question. Yeah. Two, not pop off and go nutso. Yeah. And witness you say, I'm going to kill you. So, yeah. I mean, everybody else was able to be an adult. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a reaction if you approach the car saying, I'm going to kill you. It wasn't just like a right. spur of the moment thingy. So, as far as I know, there were never any criminal charges brought against Elena for supplying Adam with the knife to confront Jason, which, you know, ultimately killed him. A news article in the Providence Journal from that time even said it was Elena's idea to pursue the car, saying, quote, she saw a car way off in the distance and yelled out, that's the car, let's chase them, end quote. So she was her idea, she gave him the knife, and there's no consequences for her? Like, she's, I don't know, I don't know if that's a crime that could be, but it feels like it should be one. I mean, I feel like they're uh, pouring gas on each other's side. Yeah, toxic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. Toxic is my son's new favorite word. Everybody's toxic to him. Oh, fuck you. It's really, yeah. Except, so except for he doesn't use it in like appropriate settings. <laughs> He's like, you're a toxic friend. Like, they did nothing. <laughs> but okay. On November 10th, Adam was convicted of second degree murder. Reports state that after the verdict was read, Elena, who was sitting directly behind Adam, squeezed her eyes closed and whispered, it's my fault. Uh, yeah, it is. A little bit. Kill Rhode Island law states that, quote, every person guilty of murder in the second degree shall be imprisoned for not less than 10 years and may be imprisoned for life, end quote. But I think it was a little different in the early 90s when this crime took place because a 1994 Washington Post article said, quote, 
In Rhode Island, second-degree murder carries no mandatory penalty. The judge could have imposed anything from zero years in prison to life. Had she come down somewhere in the middle, 20 years, for example, with time off for good behavior, Adam would have probably served eight or nine years, end quote. But as of 2020, Rhode Island's thing says minimum of 10, maximum life. Yeah, I feel like if you're killing people, like there should be some time to think about it. Yeah, even if it's second degree. But Wikipedia, which you know is not always reliable, says that Adam was probably facing 25 years for that crime. But other places said it was more likely he would get 20. And then, you know, realistically, probably just do less than 10, says the Washington Post. This is real stupid, but it's pretty dramatic to just go, it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Drama point. No, I agree with you. So in a controversial decision, Adam was released to await his formal sentencing, which would take place like a month later. And everyone was like really shocked that he was allowed to go free in the meantime. But hmm? yeah, they were just like, you killed that guy. Check back in a month and we'll tell you what we're going to do about it. Like it just was weird. But between his family and Elena's family, they put up three houses for his bail. So I think they just felt confident that he was going to come back. So he left the courthouse with Elena around three that afternoon. And this, just now, is where the story starts to get weird. No. No, ma'am. <laughs> it's already weird. <laughs> I do not accept. Okay. It's going to get weirder. So, the couple leaves the courthouse at 3 p.m. And here's the timeline of what we know they did next. At 3.35 p.m., Adam and Elena went to a local sporting goods store where they bought matching black track suits. Remember, this is Cute. 1993. <laughs> some athletic socks, and 80 pounds of strap-on exercise weights. And you can probably guess from strap-on weights where this is going to go. According to store employees, Adam seemed to be upset about how expensive the bill was at the store. And remember that little factoid because we're going to talk about it in a second. Okay. In the next hour, they were seen eating at a Burger King too. At 4.45 p.m., the couple arrived at the Newport Bridge, which, I don't know how to say this, but pronounced names on YouTube says Narragansett, but the comments don't say that, but that's what I'm calling it. So, Narragansett Bay. The couple arrives at the Newport Bridge, which overlooks Narragansett Bay. At 4.50, they are seen on the bridge's walkway, standing right next to their car, but by 5.15, the pair had driven away. They would later return at 6.53 p.m. And I'm pretty sure we know precise times because this is a toll bridge. Okay. So they have to use tokens or cash or something in the 90s to get on that bridge. And then just before 7 p.m., so pretty much right after they come back, their car was found abandoned on that bridge. The engine was running and the lights were on, but there was no sign of Adam or Elena. So, strap on weights, now they're on a bridge, their car is abandoned. Right. You see what they're trying to make it look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They jumped. Yeah. Inside the car. They want to be weighed down. Yes, like, they're trying to drown themselves. Inside the car, the clothing that they both wore in the courthouse that day was found neatly folded in the back seat. In the front seat, there was cash, cut-up credit cards, and Adam's driver's license. It was believed that the two jumped to their death off the bridge that day. 
Mm, but they left the lights on in the car. Yeah. Like, visibly abandoned. Like They wanted people to know. Like, yeah, yeah. And then all their stuff's back there. It just looks so set up. Yeah. Stage. But an extensive search of the water showed no signs of them. The Unsolved Mysteries website said, quote, not a single scrap of evidence was recovered from the bay. So. Instead of how they are just wasting our tax dollars. Did they jump? Speaking the lake. Where did the Emery's go, and how did no one see anything? I find it weird that earlier in the day, people remember seeing them on the bridge, standing next to their car, on the walkway, but then later, no one remembers seeing them at the time the car was abandoned. And, I mean, it's not, it was like 4.45 versus 6.53, so like in a two-hour window, it's like lots of people have a memory of seeing them on the bridge at 4.45. They even remember them being gone by 5.15, but at 6.53... Nothing. Maybe just like traffic patterns. Mm. Like, you know. Yeah. Like There's more people. Five thirty. No, we live here. Rush hour doesn't end until yeah, well, way later. Six fifty three. It's still crazy. Yeah. It, <laughs> it does. It's insane here. At some point that afternoon, conveniently, they both mailed out suicide notes that oh. people would receive a couple of days later. This is. I mean... It's just, like, so textbook, I think. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, going to okay. say. It's no. textbook, I guess, like... Vibing, yeah. I appreciate that, but also... If it on. was real, I appreciate that. Give us some closure, but, like... No, this just seems like the same, like, energy of the, like, it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm, I agree. So, <laughs> that same 1994 Washington Post article said, quote, Police and just about everyone else, except the couple's family and friends, concluded that it was all a ruse. Too many of the details just didn't jive with suicide. Adam had quipped with the store manager over the price of the clothing. It was a busy hour on the bridge, yet no one had seen them jump. And perhaps most persuasively, Burger King for a last meal, end quote. Uh, at first I was like, nice. Nice, know? yeah. Classic like, joint. Yeah. Like, no. Nah. Yeah, you don't get upset about the price of things. If like, you're just about to die. I'm rich. I'm about to rack I'm going to spend so my whole, credit. all of my money. Like, what does it matter? Yeah. I'm not paying it back. And this is a big bridge. It's one of the longest suspension bridges in the world and the longest one in the New England area. So there was likely some traffic on it. It's four lanes, two in each direction. But not only did anybody see them, like nobody saw them jump, no one even saw them walk away from their car. The main part of the bridge, so like what you drive on, not the towers, is about 215 feet above the water's surface. So I don't they bought weights, I think, to make... To have like a, oh, they're going to weigh them. Because you don't need weights. You're about to jump no. 215 feet to your yeah, death. The, the jump, the fall. The weights were just convenient. So. In the last decade, there's been nine suicides on Newport Bridge. But I don't know the figures before that. But it certainly seems plausible that the couple jumped off the bridge. Like, people do that. It's not like it's never happened there before. It's Or it's not like it's impossible. People have killed themselves by jumping off of this bridge. While I was researching this, I found, and this was weird to me, that in 2011, the Center for Disease Control published a study that said Rhode Island had the highest rate of suicide attempts in the country, which is crazy because they're the nation's smallest state. Whoa. I don't know. Didn't we talk about this, like, where it's, like, colder? Yeah, yeah. There's elevation and stuff. Well, elevation. the study says that one in every 67 Rhode Islanders I don't know if that's what they call themselves, but doing it now. Mm-hmm. Attempted suicide in the previous year. And the national average is one in every 200 people. Oh, wow. 
But it says just suicide attempts. And the reason that more people aren't successful is because there's not a lot of guns in Rhode Island. And guns are like a surefire way to succeed. Well, not always, but like you're more likely. Oh, I didn't even notice I said that. Thanks. So earlier I told you that Adam was upset about the price and he wouldn't care about that if he just died, like if he was going to die a couple hours later. And the people who saw them at Burger King said that they seemed happy too. It wasn't like they were about to off themselves. Yeah, it was in like a somber whopper. Like they weren't crying on the bun. Somber whopper. (laughs) Joel Smith was the manager at the store where they bought the weights that day. And he said, quote, Elena was far from nervous. She'd smile. She was talkative. It didn't seem like there was anything on her mind or that she had anything planned, end quote. That seems kind of creepy too, right? Yeah. It's like, we're going to get away with murder. Yeah. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. They're just, no. So. Let's talk about theories. Actually, before we do that, let's talk about Jason's murder. Do you think it could be self-defense or, or like, do you think second-degree murder is fair? That's one of those weird things. Like, like, I don't know exactly how the law, what the law is in every place. And it's a little different. But I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like he could have a real, Adam could have a real anger management rage issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that factors into, like, you know, involved, like, manslaughter or something mm-hmm. like that. Or you said he, second-degree murder? Second-degree murder, yeah. So I don't know if that factors into, like, you know, he didn't plan it. Yeah, yeah. know it was wrong. Because, like, first-degree is premeditated, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, I can see that, but I, I definitely don't think it was self-defense. Yeah. I can see second-degree murder, for sure, because yeah. he didn't know he was going to kill somebody that day. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't make, make him any less responsible. Agreed. I think that if I was being dragged by a car and also holding a knife, I might instinctively use that knife to try and stop whatever bad thing was happening to me from happening. Nah, you let go. Oh, yeah. There's also that. So he was probably scared, but I don't I don't think he planned. There wasn't premeditated, but he definitely approached Jason with malicious intent. Yeah. He went there to fight him at the very least, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, just, I think the like sometimes you can say I'm going to kill you and not mean something so yeah. severe. I... Tell Austin I'm going to smother him with a pillow freaking often, <laughs> but I'm not really going to. I'm like, trying to imagine you saying that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just I, like I could strangle you right now. Like, <laughs> sleep with my eye open. I'm going to smother you. Um, right, but it's not. Yeah, I'm not serious. Yeah, so like, no, no, I think he takes me seriously. But Josh said he'd never seen anybody as angry as Adam Emery was that night when he said, I'm going to kill you. Gosh, poor Jason. Could you imagine somebody just coming up on you? He has, and he has yeah. no idea. Yeah. And he's a baby. He was 20. Yeah. Scary. Horrible. Okay, so theories about the disappearance. Theory one would be the suicide pact. Adam and Elena killed themselves before Adam could be sentenced for Jason's murder. Theory two, originally, before Elena's skull was found, was that the two staged their own deaths and fled the country. But now it's more like Adam staged his own suicide and fled the country and Elena's just like, dead. Like, Yeah, how did that happen? Like maybe she went through with her end of the pact, but he didn't? Oh, that's even more sick. This Adam guy is a real dirtbag. Not a fan. And then theory three, more dirtbaggy, is that Adam killed his wife to help the suicides be more believable, maybe? And then he just disappeared. Like, he knew they'd eventually find Elena's body, and they'd just be like, well, I guess Adam's in there somewhere, too, and then move on. I feel like both of them are watching too many movies, and they don't know how real life works. This is like a movie. I wonder if there is a movie. I haven't Googled if there's a movie. But it is on Unsolved Mysteries. So, theory one, the suicide pact. There is video footage from the courtroom, like the day when he, the verdict was read, 
and reportedly investigators had a hearing impaired woman watch the video to see if she could read Adam and Elena's lips and find out what they were talking about. That lady said she believes that Elena told Adam, quote, we're going to do what we originally said. You promised me, end quote, which is where the belief that they had a suicide pact came from. Oh, that they had just had some kind of plan. You know, they might be the flee the country plan, but they had a plan. They were going to start a new life somewhere else. I don't know, but something was happening. Months after they vanished, so August of 94, I think, a fisherman finds two human leg bones in his net. And clinging to one bone was pieces of a sock identical to the athletic socks that the Emery's bought at that sporting goods store right before they vanished. But... When compared to DNA from Elena's mother and sister, it wasn't hers. I told you earlier, I think, that the bones weren't even female. They were male, and experts said that they were 85% certain that they belonged to a white male around 5'7", and Adam was much taller than that. He was like 6'1". Also, a marine biologist determined that the microorganisms, or lack of certain microorganisms, on the clothing and the bones didn't match up with a nine-month timeline that the Emery's would have been in the water. Which was very creepy, like, for yeah. a lot of people to start There's just some leg bones in there that aren't theirs. I feel bad for joggers and fishermen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not careers yeah. well, mm-hmm. I don't want to work out and I don't <laughs> want to be a fisherman. Sometimes I jog and I'm always really scared that I'm going to do something. it today. So, <clears throat> the bones weren't theirs. Rhode Island State Police Colonel Stephen O'Donnell said that he thinks Adam and Elena did jump that day but admitted that honestly nothing would surprise him in this case so it could be anything he his personal belief though suicide but he did add that when people typically commit suicide from the Newport Bridge their bodies end up being recovered right and like not long after the leg bones her skull really was found so like Elena we know Elena is dead they have her skull do they know whether or not it matches the timeline I don't know just DNA matched her family, so they're like, yeah, it's her. Thing. We don't know. Yeah. Theory. I'd be curious. Yeah, like, did he? Did she just get in that water, or did it look yeah. like she had been there nine months? Did they make their great escape, and then he was like, "I'm sick of you." <laughs> Theory two. Elena goes through with the dying part of the suicide pact, but Adam doesn't, and instead flees. So, Elena immigrated to the United States with her family from Italy when she was a little girl. So she still has a lot of family who lives in Italy. Reports state that Adam had family there too. I don't know if they meant it was Elena's like family, but he had connections. He said at the same time, look at us. So could he have backed out and then took off to Italy? I think it's, it's possible. Theory three, Adam killed Elena and then took off. So here's what I think. I don't think Adam Emery killed himself on that day in November 1993. I think they did probably have some kind of plan, maybe a suicide pact, but Adam didn't or couldn't go through with it. I don't know if he killed Elena or if she killed herself, but I don't think he's dead. I also don't think he planned in advance to not go through with it and run off to Italy or wherever. He's probably there now, But I think he devised that plan after Elena was already dead. And here's why I think that. There have been a lot of sightings of Adam since this happened. And some of them are right after and too close to home. I think if it was planned in advance, he would have 
killed Elena or let Elena die, and he would have immediately left to go to Italy, or at least gone sooner than he did. But he stuck around for a while, according to sightings. That same retired cop that I told you thinks Adam jumped did say that the possibility exists that he's still out there, and that there had always been some suspicion that he was going to flee with his wife. What do you mean there was some suspicion and you let him out? The judge just decided to, yeah. Hmm. Maybe he was in on it, or she was in on it. So, the sightings. Reports state that days after this happened, that they quote-unquote jumped off the Newport Bridge, people saw him in Connecticut. But at that point, he wasn't a fugitive. He was free on bail, and he wasn't due back in court, so they did nothing with this sighting. And then over the next month, a freaking month, but before his court date to be sentenced for the murder, there were numerous other sightings of Adam in Connecticut. But the day before he was scheduled to go back to court, the FBI got a tip that Adam had fled to Florida. And then tips came in that he went to France and then later Italy. So that's why I don't think he, like, always knew, like, I'm going to let Elena die or I'm going to off Elena and then I'm going to bolt because he would have just went to Italy or Florida or France or whatever. But he, like, hung around. He was in Connecticut for a freaking month. Hmm. And then, so I feel like he had to get it together to get this, like, new identity or whatever to go out of the country. Right, so he had to. But if, if his plan was always to do that, he would have already had that set up, right? I definitely get what you're saying, but I also take into account that he doesn't seem to t- like to be able to control his emotions well. So what if they just got into a tip and he killed her and then was like, I gotta get out of here? Same crazy rage that caused him to kill Jason. Yeah, because it took him so long to leave, I think they probably did have a suicide pact. Yeah. And he just couldn't go through with it, so then mm-hmm. he was like, crap, I need a new plan. So Elena's dead. He might have killed her, but either way, Elena's dead. And then he's like, uh, what do I do? And he spends a month getting all the details ironed out for his new identity to leave the country. That makes sense. I, I would, I would, the one thing that makes me agree with you is the fact that they left the car there to be found. Yeah. So if he, you know, hadn't had this plan already and that's how they were going to yeah. escape and make it look like they jumped, then he would have yeah. taken his car and gone to Florida yeah. and then but that out. License plates make it easier to track you. That's true. I have no idea why they, if they really did have a suicide pact, they did a lot of things to make it look staged, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean, really mm-hmm. you can't. Or maybe he did all of the leave the car and stuff after he already killed Elena. I mean, I guess. I just don't see him necessarily. Like you said, it did. well, maybe he did. Maybe he was smart enough on his feet. I don't feel like he was smart I don't think so feet. either. I think because he... <laughs> he's a rage very, monster. <laughs> he's a rage monster. He very stupidly, impulsively, impulsive violence is what they called this story, killed Jason Bass. That's so. an excellent summary, not the yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Impulsive violence with a suicide pact. So... Adam was legally declared dead in 2004, but in 2010, he was put on the FBI's most wanted list with a warrant for his arrest. What? So it makes you think they got, like, some Some kind of good tip, yeah. Like some other states we've talked about, Rhode Island also has a cold case deck of cards to help generate tips and leads. 5,000 decks were introduced in 2018 to correctional facilities in the state. Adam's story is on the Nine of Clubs. His card states that he is wanted by the FBI for unlawful flight to avoid prosecution and that he himself is also a missing person. Authorities say they have no reason to believe that Adam Emery is dead, and they caution that he should be considered armed and dangerous if you encounter him. I read one thing that was like, I think it was from 2019, but there wasn't like a good source on it, 
that said they're confident that they would apprehend him in the next five years. But I'm like, that's such a big window. Yeah. But that's just a weird. But something happened in 2010 that made them be like, no, just he's kidding, alive. he's alive. I'm glad they're still keeping their eyes peeled. Yeah. This just... story has everything I googled was like Rhode Island's craziest unsolved mystery, <laughs> and I was like, well, there's like nobody in Rhode Island. Top so top five of all the ones. Yeah. This is the wildest weird thing yeah. I remember you telling me about in a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been more than 26 years since Adam Emery vanished to avoid prosecution in the state of Rhode Island for murder. This August will be 30 years, though, since he killed Jason Bass after he mistook him for the driver who damaged his vehicle in August of 1990. Anyone with information about Adam's whereabouts is asked to call 1-877-RI-SOLVE. That's 1-877-747-6583. Or to email Rhode Island's Cold Case team at info at coldcaseri.com. You can also contact your nearest FBI office or American Embassy or Consulate. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions, or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sidelinesleuths. And if you haven't already had the chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any streaming platform. Available. 